Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Easter. Good. There's good news and there's bad news. That's it. That's life. Every day there's good news, every day there's bad news. Every day there's something you can put on and you're going to hear bad news. And, um, and there's always good news, especially when you know about Easter. Then you know there's always good news. So this morning, some of us uh, already know there was the news, the bad news. Um, that there was um, some terrorist activity in a city called Colombo in Sri Lanka. I've been there, I've been to that place. And that there was um, some hotels targeted and churches and 137 people worshipping um, Jesus, now dead, and gone to be with the one that they were worshipping. And um, because he's alive, they will live forever but there's still sadness and so we just want to take a moment before we go into the rest of this and just remember that we are connected and we're connected to something way bigger than even us some of us you know you're part of an ivy church you you go to one of the ivy congregations whether it's fuse academy all these different places that we meet in and then we come together like this and the good thing about this is it helps us to realize oh i'm actually connected to something bigger than i thought i was because otherwise we can get a very little world going on that these people matter to me just these few people matter but God always wants us to extend our love out and to include other people and that's why he has this body of Christ one of the proofs that Jesus is alive is that his body is still moving all over the world and is still connected so let's take a moment to remember those that we're connected with and that can be people close at home and across Ivy and and there's more than even in this room although there's a lot of us there's hundreds probably that aren't here that are still connected but because of holidays or some people go away in different ways together as Ivy groups over Easter Lord we thank you for the connection we have with them because of Jesus thank you that you bring together people who wouldn't normally be together And we all unite around one name, and it's not Ivy, it's not any church or denomination, it's the name of Jesus that we unite under today. And Lord, thank you that because of that, this body is so much bigger. And when one part hurts, when one part suffers, all suffer, and when one part rejoices, all rejoice. So we pray for the suffering church around the world, and specifically now we do remember our brothers and sisters, those who've died and now are with you and those who are suffering and injured in Sri Lanka and other places though that some of us will know and will be dear to our hearts take a moment Lord you are the head of the church we are your body and Lord thank you that your resurrection life still flows and nothing no scheme of man no power of hell will prevail because you are alive forever amen 
There's something that we do in the church, and uh, it's a historic thing. It's across many churches around the world, is that somebody like me has the privilege of saying on Easter Sunday, declaring Christ is risen, and everybody replies, he is risen indeed, alleluia. So we're going to do that. If you're able to stand, why don't you stand? And I, I do this without the microphone because I like to shout. Amen. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give at least 20 seconds of rapturous applause to Jesus because he is alive. Thank you, Jesus. You are alive. You have reigned. You conquered death and hell. You live forever. You hold the keys of death and hell. Everything belongs to you. All good things come from you. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. You will never be defeated. You are the Sovereign Lord. Your name is Jesus Christ and we worship you because you are alive and you are here with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please take a seat. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. So my name's Hannah and I lead uh, one of our sites which is called Ivy Sharston. Anyone from Ivy Sharston want to give me a hello? Yes. Hi guys. Um, and this is Anthony who is our senior leader at Ivy as well. Um, and so it's my privilege to be able to join Anthony today in chatting to you this morning about the first ever Easter Sunday. But we don't want to do it on our own. We want to do it with you. And we know that the children are going to be especially good at this. But if you have an adult around you that's not joining in, you have my permission to give them a little kick. Okay, just a little one, we don't want anyone hurt. But we need to get everyone involved. And so I'm gonna help Anthony to get involved with this story of the very first Easter. So we're gonna do it by looking at a lady called Mary and how she came to the tomb of Jesus. And so there's four things that I need you to be able to do if you're able to do it. First of all, please stand up. And I'm gonna show you them and then as we go along, you're gonna be able to do it with me. So first of all, can you, Anthony, and everyone else with us, walk on the spot? Because first of all, she's walking, but she's walking with sadness. So this is where your acting skills really come into play. Can you walk with sadness? Very good. Oh, there's some very sad, worried about a child at the front here then, but remember, they're acting, so that's okay. Well done. Then we see that they run. Who can run on the spot? Who can run? with wonder, wondering what's happening. What's happening? Good, some of you are very good at this. Okay, and then turn with surprise. So can we do a spin? Turn <gasps> with surprise. Wow, some of you should be on the stage. Uh, not me. Anthony, not so much. Okay, and then who can walk with hope? Walk with hope. What's the difference from walking with sadness to walking with hope? Okay, grab your seats. Because this morning as we make the Easter connection, that is what I hope that we connect with, is that we can walk, for, go from walking without hope, go from walking with sadness to walking with hope as Mary did. And so we meet her on a couple days after what we know as Good Friday. How many of us had a Good Friday on Friday? The sun was out, wasn't it? So it was a Good Friday. And yet I've always found it odd that it's called Good Friday when actually the worst thing ever seems to have happened on that day. And we know the ending and therefore it's good for most of us. We know the celebration that is coming and therefore we can call it good. Yet for Mary, 
this Friday was not good at all. That she is walking to the tomb of her friend who has died, who she's seen him die. And he's more than just her friend because he was the man that she had put all of her hope in that all of the disciples, that everybody had put all of their hope in, that this man was the son of God. He'd said that nothing would ever be able to defeat him. He'd said that he was the light, that he was the way, that he was the truth. And now, he's died. And therefore, can you just pause for a minute to think about how that walk would have been for her? Because I think often we read that bit in the story, and I'm gonna read it now. John 20, early in the morning, On that first day of the week, while it was still dark, so very early in the morning, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. So she's walking with sadness towards this tomb, knowing that everything that she had put her hope in had gone. And sometimes for us in life, it can feel like that. As Anthony's just said, there are terrible things that happen in our world, isn't there? There is awful suffering that happens and we can feel like we are walking without hope. That things that we've put our hope in, other things that we've put our hope in, it hasn't worked out and we're walking without hope. And yet we see that Good Friday tells us that because of the cross, because Jesus knows what it is to be betrayed, what it is to have heartbreak, what it is to be persecuted to the nth degree, to feel at the end of himself, he knows how that feels. He's not afraid of your feelings. And yet we also see that whatever unbelievable suffering crosses us, whatever unbelievable suffering crosses our path, Jesus suffered through that and worse at the cross so that we can believe the problem of suffering is solved by the plan of salvation. But for Mary, can we stand again and show me how she's walking? She's walking with sadness. Show me again. Very good. Okay, grab your seats. But then something happens, and in a moment we're going to do that. She turned around with wonder. It was a surprise that took place. Let me read what happened next. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. Now, this was a sealed stone. This was the gravestone. It was huge. And the Roman soldiers would have put a seal across it, and it was that the emperor, his seal was upon it. So to break that seal was actually to go against the power of Caesar. Anybody who broke a tomb open themselves would end up in a tomb. It was a scary thing. So she's thinking, what has happened? The guards are supposed to have been there. The guards have all run away. There's no sign of them. She ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, breathlessly panting. This is the the message version, breathlessly panting. They took the master from the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. It's starting to turn around, but it's not... It's not quite there yet. She doesn't know what's happened. All she knows is that there's something happened and she's wondering what it is. So she goes to tell her friends because she can't figure it out for herself. She's wondering and she wants to get other people to help her with the wondering. She's so upset. She's probably thinking, what's happened to the body? What more could they do to him after all that they've done to him on the cross, all the ways that he's suffered? What more could they do to him? And then she goes and tells the men, Peter and John. And we're going to see that when men get involved, there's often competition. 
because there was competition before when we were doing the connection game, but there's even more competition in this, because just listen how many times John, who's telling the story, wants us to know that he won the race. <laughs> Peter and the other disciple <laughs> left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. <laughs> Stooping to look in, he saw the pieces of linen, lying, linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, <laughs> entered the tomb, saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the cloth, but separate. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, just to this really is, rub it in. This is just rubbing it in, isn't it? <laughs> Went into the tomb, took one look at the evidence and believed. Nobody yet knew from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then we went back home. See, John has got to say, I won. He's got to rub it in. Uh, uh, now, we can't have everybody running around in here, but we have actually got two people, if you look at the back, who are going to represent for us John and Peter. <laughs> Now, one of them is Matt. Which one's Matt? What a beard. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and one of them is Tim. And they have got Easter eggs for the Easter egg and spoon race. And they've got to get around the outside, not through the middle, to here first. So although they're Matt and Tim, really, when they get here, whoever gets here first is... John. ...is obviously John, because John is the winner. So from then on, for the rest of Easter, you have to call them John whenever you see them. They can't be Matt or Tim, okay? So everybody should clear out of the way because to be honest with you, this is a health and safety moment and we don't want anybody to be hit by a large man with a beard. So on this side, you need to be cheering for Tim. So can we just practice that? Clapping and cheering. Tim, 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 Tim. On this side, clapping and chanting Matt. Matt, Matt, go on, they'll need it, they'll need it. Okay, if they drop the spoon, if they drop the egg, they've got to stop and pick it back up again. No putting your hand on the egg or you're disqualified. All right? Should we, do, should we all do one on your marks, get set, go together? You ready? Yeah. On, on your, your marks. marks. Get set. Rise! Oh. <laughs> go on, lad. John! Big round of applause the for John. John. Less of a round of applause. Peter! Everyone's a winner because you're both going to get an Easter egg. Happy Easter. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Big round of applause for John as well. So when the men have left, uh, Mary is left again alone at the tomb. And she walks into the tomb. She goes further in. They ran and had a look and ran away. But Mary remains and she has a good look in the tomb. And she's rewarded by seeing angels. I'll read it here. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she knelt to look into the tomb and saw two angels sitting there, dressed in white, one at the head and one at the foot of where Jesus' body had been laid. They said to her, Woman, why do you weep? They took my master, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. 
After this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him. But hold on a minute. She turned around and she saw who? She saw Jesus standing there. Everything, all of that hope that was lost, all of those promises that she wasn't sure about, all of that confusion was standing right in front of her. Everything that she needed was here. He is risen. He's in front of her. And yet she doesn't recognize him. And I wonder for us if it can feel like that, that actually maybe you've come here today because you're just taking that first turn that actually you've heard rumors that there's hope. You've heard, like the angel said, why are you weeping? There is great joy. Something amazing has happened. And she's just starting to think about what the angels have said, that he's not here, so where is he? That maybe you, even coming here this morning, is that first turn for you, of a first look at maybe there could be hope. Maybe there is something more to life than me. And yet what we find here is that she has him stood right in front of her and she doesn't recognize him. And so I want us to stand and do just a half turn because that's what she first does. So stand up with me. We'll start this way, looking into the tomb at the angels. Thank you. And then everybody together, let's just do a half turn and look at Jesus this way. Okay, very good. Grab your seats. He said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? And I wonder today, who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, he said, Sir, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. He looked at her and he said her name, Mary. And she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. So she recognized him. He said her name and she recognized him. And I feel like that is amazing, that for some of us, it's that what are you looking for? That he asked the question of that to you this morning. What are you looking for? But that he knew her so personally. He had been with her all this time and so all he needed to do was to say her name. I wonder for you who it would be that if you, if you couldn't see them and you were feeling all upset, but somebody just said your name, that you'd be like, ah, oh, you're here. And that's what it was for Mary. It's like, oh, Jesus is here. Everything that I had hoped for, everything that we had tried to believe is actually true and is standing right in front of me. That despite all that had already been, the one that she loved called her name. He is a personal God. Because the wonder of Easter Day is huge. We know that it is massive. We know that this spreads throughout the whole world, that what Jesus did on that cross by dying and raising again was for the sins of the world, to take it all upon his shoulders so that all of us could have full and complete forgiveness. It's huge. And it will be. It has been since before time, and it will be till the end of time. It's the ultimate salvation plan. It's huge. And yet it is so very personal for each one of us. And I just hope that this morning you can hear this afresh, whether this is the first time you've ever heard it, or whether you've been hearing it for years and actually it's just become a bit, oh yeah, it's nice, we'll get an egg. But actually, can you just think about this for a second? And my prayer is that like Mary, your eyes are open afresh to the fact that he is saying your name this morning. That he has done all of that hugeness for you personally and he calls your name. And I read this week 
that because he paid the price for our sin and made the perfect sacrifice, when we turn to Jesus, he's the one that turns it all around. So first of all, before I read this, let's stand up and turn around. So let's stand up, because she goes and does a full turn. Can you do a full, ooh, my skirt, ooh, it's a nice sketch turning. Brilliant, a full turn, because when we turn to Jesus, it turns our life around. Grab a seat. And there is a world of suffering out there, but when we turn to Jesus, there is a world of indescribable, indestructible hope within us. And he names himself God with us. Let me carry on the story. It says, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. That's it. Simple. She doesn't have to give 15 reasons why it's true. She doesn't have to go into scripture and point out all kinds of different things. She, all she's got to do is be able to give a reason for the hope that she's got inside of her. There's a verse in the New Testament that says that's what we should always be ready to do. It says that we should always be ready to give the reason to anybody who asks you for the hope that is in you. That's actually what Peter wrote many years later. Because he had his hope come on the inside of him. And it changed something on the outside. See, we're never gonna let, it's never going to change outside there if it doesn't change outside here on our faces. If, if it doesn't have enough power in what's inside of me, the hope inside of me to start to change what's going on outside of me on my face and in my interactions with other people, then is it real? Are we the kind of people that when everything's going wrong, people still come to you and say, how come you have a hope? Why are you going through the same things as I'm going through, in the same world as I'm going through, living the same kind of way? And some of those things that you're going through are even worse, but you seem to have something different. I do, you can say. I have hope, and hope has a name. My hope is called Jesus, and you can know him too. She just went and she told him, I've seen the Lord. And she told him that he'd said these things to her. She was the very first person to get to tell about the resurrection. And the interesting thing is, maybe we don't understand how incredible this is, but she was a woman and she became the first witness. And that turned so many things around. Because in those days, a woman's testimony, her evidence, didn't count for anything. As far as the law was concerned, as far as the society was concerned, a woman was a nobody. So what she said as a witness didn't really matter. And yet Jesus chooses her by name and says, now you're going to be the very first to go and tell everybody that you've met with me and about who I am. Because Jesus doesn't choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. And so she's got a job to do, and it's simple, and she was sent to go and do it. And if you've met Jesus today then you've got a job to do too. And they were so excited about this that when the church first got started, people started to hear them talk about Christianity. And some people, at one point the Apostle Paul goes to Greece and he's in Athens and he's talking about Jesus and Anastasia. Jesus and Anastasia. Jesus and Anastasia. And they think he's talking about foreign gods, but what he's actually saying in Greek is, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. They've got all these other gods that they're worshipping and celebrating. And he says, here's the difference. Our guys alive somebody else should be excited about that not just me our guy is alive Jesus and Anastasia Jesus and resurrection Jesus is alive you can tell somebody that who's looking for hope 
You can show somebody that who's looking for hope. Your hope has a name. His name is Jesus, and Jesus is alive. alive. So, can you all get on your feet again? And we're going to walk through this story together and see if you've remembered it. So, we start off walking with sadness, doesn't she? So, walk with sadness. Show me that again. Good job. Okay. And then they run with wonder. Run with wonder. And then they turn in surprise. Brilliant. Some of you are really good at this. Rob Barnum especially. And then in the end, they walk with hope. She walks with hope, like Anthony has just been saying. So show me walking with hope. High five someone else and say, I've got hope. Brilliant. Okay, so grab your seats again. So therefore, there's four responses that we can make this morning. First of all, we can choose to walk with sadness. That actually, we can choose to stay there. We can choose that actually, that is the place that I'm going to be in. And yet we pray and we hope that actually this morning, we can choose instead that all of those things that remain, that are sad, that, that feel heavy, that actually we can walk and bring them to Jesus this morning. Yeah. Right. And the next one is that to, to go and, if, you, if you've got wondering about this, don't just wonder about it, run and find some answers because it's so important if Jesus Christ really is the son of God if if it's true it's the most important thing that ever happened in the whole of history if it's not true the apostle Paul said when we Christians we're just hopeless people and we might as well just go and live it up until we die because that's the end of it but if it's true that Christ has been raised from the dead it changes everything so you need to find out an answer to that question if you're not sure you can be sure because there's evidence that you can look into. This isn't just about I hope and I wish and I believe. Yeah. This is about evidence of a man who came and made these specific claims that can be tested and then he proved that he's alive in many convincing ways and people have followed him for 2,000 years as a result. So when, you're, when we're leaving out of here, your job can be to run and find the Alpha stand outside there and sign up and join the Alpha group or even today it could be actually to run to Jesus and say I'm ready to follow you right now yeah and so we want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning that actually if you think like Mary you were walking with sadness maybe you weren't I love the testimonies earlier of Laura and Luke and actually that everybody's story is different and for Laura she's like things were actually really good my life was good. Or it might be that, like Luke, you're thinking, actually, I'm in a pit. I'm in anxiety. I'm in just everything feels too much, and I feel at the end of myself. That wherever you are, whoever you are, Jesus is the answer. And Jesus is here, just like he was for Mary. Jesus is here right now. And one of the um, little boys at Messy Church on Friday when I was there, he has been saying to his uh, grandma all week, I can't wait for Sunday, I can't wait for Sunday, because then Jesus will be alive. And it's like, that's amazing. And I'm so excited for your excitement. And I wish that all of us would feel like that. I'm sure loads of us woke up this morning feeling like, Jesus is alive. But the truth is, we can feel that every single morning. We don't have to wait for Easter Sunday. Jesus is alive. Amen. And if you want this hope that I said about, this indescribable hope that we have within us when we turn to Jesus, then like I said, I want to give you the opportunity now and the way that we're going to do that is just simply that everyone is going to close their eyes. So if you can close your eyes right now. And if you feel like this is something that you want to do, that there's something that we have said this morning that you feel like, I want to grab hold of that. 
I want to say yes to Jesus this morning, then we want to give you the opportunity and just ask that you would raise your hand because we've got a gift bag to give you that's got a Bible in it, it's got um, different things to help you with your faith. And so if that is you, we would love to just ask that you would raise your hand right now so that someone from our team can come and give you a gift. Yeah, don't miss the opportunity. We're not going to do anything scary. Just if you want to respond and say, I don't want to be walking this journey on my own anymore. And uh, you want to start walking closer and closer to Jesus and follow him. Put up a hand and we can give you this gift today. And I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person in this room this morning that is feeling in their heart that they want to recognize you for the first time. Lord, I pray that you would help their eyes to be open to seeing the fullness of who you are this morning. And I thank you, Jesus, that it's not just today, but it's for eternity, it's forever. And so, Lord, we want to all say this morning again that we're sorry for where we have messed up, we're sorry for the stuff that we've done wrong, we're sorry for all that we added to that Good Friday on the cross, but we thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, that even as you were on that tree, as you were hung for us, Lord, that you said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And Lord, we receive your forgiveness afresh this morning. And we receive the hope of knowing salvation again this morning. And we say that we want to do all that we can to follow you, Jesus, each and every day. We welcome you afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, please stand. Now everybody held somebody's hand before, so we're just going to get a whole one person's hand. Because there's a lot of people out in the world that are walking with sadness. And our job is to go and walk alongside them, first of all. Just to meet them in their sadness. Because there's lots of things that can go wrong in the world that can hurt us. And Mary was carrying just the stuff to anoint Jesus with. She thought it was all over. She thought that was the end and she was going to say goodbye to her best friend and that would be it. And it's really hard to have hope when you just walk into a grave. And our job is to come alongside somebody in this broken world and to extend a hand towards them. So remember that. But we don't just do that. We meet with Jesus. We run to Jesus. We find Jesus. And then we break, let go of that hand because he turns us around. Just turn around on the spot. Close your eyes as you do it. Just turn around and stop. And we're all going to be pointing in different directions, hopefully. If you've not done that, do it again one more time. Spin around, because I don't want everybody facing to the front. We're all supposed to be... Do it so you're facing a different direction now. Because Jesus calls you to your world. He says, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples for me. I want you to go into your world, the places where I've put you and I'm calling you, where those people need hope. And he wants to send us and he wants to come with us. And like I say, the proof, one of the proofs that Jesus is alive is with his body is moving, that his spirit is flowing through his people right now, through you and me. And the thing is, whatever direction you go, if you've got a grave behind you that's empty, you can go anywhere with hope. Any direction you go with that grave behind you says Jesus has done it and impossible is nothing. 
and all things are possible and miracles can happen in the direction he's sending you because the grave is empty and the grave is behind you so what is too difficult now nothing is impossible for you so when you came in well on the on the seats can everybody just grab this this uh, piece of paper this card this is for those who are kind of teens and above I suppose we'd like you to fill in this card just for a moment and this is a data thing it helps us to know who's in I was going to do a thing where I was going to say who's joined us who's been part of this in the last five years last ten years last two years last one year and we keep on growing as a church as we keep on going as church and bringing more people in we could just do it like this and just meet in one place but the, the light's supposed to be spread out salt is supposed to go out into the earth it doesn't just gather in one place so it's great to gather like this but it's even better to go so what I'd like you to do is you say I'm, I want to be a disciple who goes and makes disciples that's basically your in we're in a series that's been looking at that we're going to keep on with that for a few weeks but if you're in if you're going to say actually this is my church I'm going to make this the part of the body I'm going to belong to even if you've done it before maybe we haven't got all of your details up to date and we'd love to be able to check them and, and really in these days of data protection we'll look after them really carefully and we want to make sure we've only got people here who want to be here who are part of this going forwards so this is a moment of decision to say is this my church is Ivy going to be my church and then if it is here with us are you going to be a disciple that means a learner you don't have to be an expert but you do have to be a learner I keep on learning I've got so much to learn there you stop learning you're not a disciple anymore are you teachable are you going to be teachable because you're going to be teachable if you're a disciple now you're going to be available available to serve Jesus by loving other people perhaps by serving in the church in different ways we'd love you to fill that card in tick those boxes and then put your details on the back with the site that you attend and that you're a part of take a moment please to do this are you a member if you are please tick the box just let us know you're in would you like more information about membership if you're not and you want to be part of this are you in a grow group one of our groups that meet in the week would you like more information about grow groups fill the card in it really does help us to have accurate information because then we won't bother you with stuff that you're not bothered about but we'll know if you're in you're in so I'd like you to fill that card in please and then if you want to, just over this side where there's some of those guys, but some of the elders and some of the staff members are going to be over there too. We've got these little vials of oil, anointing oil, because if you're going to go for God, you need to be anointed to be able to do that. You need the Holy Spirit's power so that you can go and be a disciple who makes disciples. And we'd love if anybody wants to, just in the in, as the next couple of songs are being sung, for you to go over there if you want to and, and somebody will just pray with you and anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the, the places and the people that God wants you to go to. Just as Mary was a sent person by Jesus to go and tell other people about him, and I, I imagine that was scary for her, and she went first, then we'd like to encourage you to say, I'm gonna go too. So we need the card, we need you to fill in the card. We need you to hold on to the card until you're going out and when you're going out through that door there will be people that you can put them in the buckets of don't leave them lying around because that's data protection stuff and we want to be careful with all of that but we do need to keep updated in terms of 
who's regularly part of us. And it's even more important as we go in more places and as we plant even more churches in the future that we know who's a part of this. So some of these people actually are available during, to come up here and be anointed with oil. Is that how we're going to do it up here? Great. So if you want to respond, and if you want to, you can give them your card as well. And they'll hold on to your card and they'll give them in at the end. But this is you saying, I believe Jesus is sending me. I believe he's sending me with these people being my people. I'm going to be a disciple who makes a disciple here at Ivy Church. So if that's you and that's your response, please come up now. We'd love to pray as we continue to worship. Is that clear? Great. Thank you very much. Happy Easter. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.